it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. The Arnell Carriers pregame sports talk show rolls on on ESPN 1530. Bengals and Browns coming up. We're presented by your Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Toyota dealers. Countdown to kickoff at 630. Coming up at 605, you'll hear my conversation with Paul Daner Jr. of The Athletic. We'll talk about tonight's game, talk about Jamar Chase's absence, what the Bengals may or won't do at wide receiver. That's obviously the big storyline tonight, <clears throat> certainly from a Cincinnati perspective. But but I would argue from the perspective of anybody watching tonight, what does this offense look like without Jamar Chase? How does Joe Burrow, who has been playing so well recently, how does he do without Jamar Chase? We'll find out tonight starting at uh, 8.15. When we have injury questions, we reach out to the folks at uh, OrthoCincy Orthopedic Urgent Care. These guys never make you make an appointment. You never need one. And by the way, at their Eastgate and Edgewood locations, they've got extended evening and Saturday hours. And by the way, it's cheaper than a crowded ER visit, just walk in. OrthoCincy Orthopedic Urgent Care, orthocincy.com. That's orthocincy.com. Dr. Adam Metzler is with us from OrthoCincy. Let's let's start with uh, let's start with the, the 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 initial prognosis here, which was he goes on the injury report with a hip flexor strain reportedly. Now, he's going to miss weeks after he played last week. He reportedly is dealing with a torn labrum and a stress fracture. How do we go from the hip flexor strain to what we're talking about right now? really depends on the approach they took, but um, if they got an MRI up front, maybe they didn't see a little labral tear. But in general, we're not going to see hip flexor strain progress that soon to a, a labral tear. Um, hip flexors are, are the main muscle groups, and there's five major hip flexors that kind of lift your thigh. They lift your leg up, and a high-level athlete that's doing significant cutting or pivoting like Jamar Chase and other uh, NFL receivers and, and defensive backs, et cetera, they're, they're prone to these injuries and essentially they're stress injuries to the muscle groups, the hip flexors, that is. And they cause pain like any other injury you would see, whether it's a, um, a quad tendon strain or hamstring strain. Um, and they can nag for a while. I think a, a four- to six-week window is, is fairly normal for a bad hip flexor strain to recover from. Now, it sounds like they got some advanced imaging, such as an MRI, as they progressed along in his care and potentially noticed that he had uh, what sounds and likely is a small labral tear based on reports that are out there. And, and a lot of times those can be managed non-surgically and not all labral hip, hip labral tears need surgical intervention. Um, and so the hope obviously is some optimism four to six weeks, maybe four, um, you know, whether someone's an elite, elite athlete or a not elite athlete, we still try to get them back safely. So hopefully that's still the intent, and, and obviously is their intent to do that safely for a high-level athlete like Jamar. So um, I think that's the window that we have right now and the information we have available. All right, so there's no surgery, at least as of now, no surgery, and obviously he's going to need time to heal. But in that window of time that he's out, what, what, does, what does his treatment look like? Yeah, so he's probably going to be on a scheduled anti-inflammatory medication, some type of uh, ibuprofen-based medication, what we call a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. He's going to definitely be doing uh, physical therapy, working on a, maintaining and obtaining range of motion of the hip joint, maintaining and improving hip strength, 
they'll likely be doing different type of modality treatments that physical therapy does, things such as what they call ultrasound or modality-directed medications, potentially even uh, things such as dry needling or other type of in localized injections that may, they may be using uh, to help reduce inflammation in that zone or area. And you kind of take an injury like this and you make sure you back off from having pain so that rest component is obviously uh, important for healing. And then as they start to improve, you increase this sports-specific training. So they'll go from doing nothing, get them, on a, get them in a swimming, uh, what they call SwimX machine, where essentially they're walking in water to reduce the amount of pressure of their body. They'll get them on a bicycle, make sure that's tolerated, increase resistance to the bike, transition to elliptical, elliptical with resistance, transition to jogging, then to running. And you can see how that progression can unfold over a period of time. And it's different per athlete, per injury. Is there any chance, because we're talking about a four to six weeks time frame, and obviously, you know, you got to wait for it to heal. Pain management becomes a big part of this process. But, um, man, I I've never had a hip injury, but I'm just thinking about something that's going to keep me out for four to six weeks, and then I'm going to come back and play for the rest of the season, which if you're a Bengals fan, you obviously hope goes for a while is, I mean, there's no chance he plays the rest of the season pain-free, right? You know, these things are uh, kind of a mind of their own. Uh, you know, they some of these hip flexor strains will nag the entire season. You are correct. Uh, I think one of the hardest things for us to manage as, as sideline physicians, I've been on the sideline uh, 16 years now, is quad tendon strains, hamstring strains, and hip flexor strains because they have that tendency to kind of nag especially as you go back to high-level cutting and pivoting. And it isn't really until the off-season, so a lot of these athletes kind of turn the corner. And, in fact, if you have a really bad hip flexor strain, a higher-grade strain, it's really hard to get back in season. It sounds like this is all lower-level stuff, which is great because it's still a good possibility to be able to make it back. He may still have some nagging pain, though, as he progresses um, back to the, the season the hope is, is that he doesn't re-aggravate that to the point where he is limping like we saw him come out of the last game. Are, are we dealing here with something that if things go awry could lead to something much more severe or something chronic down the road? I think with any of these types of strains, that's always our concern. Uh, you have to take it uh, carefully. Each situation is taken in, obviously individually. But, yes, it could be. Um, but I don't think they're going to go with that intent. The, the intent is obviously for us when we're managing these is not to put someone back with the intent of progressing them to need something more aggressive, such as surgery. Um, but there's, there's no question that if you take a grade one hip flexor strain and they have a further injury, you could make that a grade two or potentially grade three uh, hip flexor strain and, and, and finish the season out on the IR, et cetera. Uh, I think they're going to take their time, do it the right way, and if it happens to progress something farther, then, then so be it. If we're talking more about labral tears, a lot of labral tears are managed uh, non-surgically. For ones that may progress due to further injury, um, then they, those may require surgical intervention and labral repair and hip arthroscopy or hip scope. Okay. There's there's a generation of us for whom you hear about a hip injury involving a football player. We can't help but think about Bo Jackson, who – famously in a game against the Cincinnati Bengals, was tackled, suffered hip injury, and then never played professional football again. He did come back and play uh, Major League Baseball for a few years. Uh, so you hear about a hip injury now, and you kind of fear the worst, and you flash back to, to Bo sure. Jackson and, 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 and what might have been. What exactly was that injury? And, and based on what we know, how overboard are we going when we see something like what Jamar Chase is dealing with and we try to connect it to Bo 30 years ago? 
I think it, it clearly very different. I think the Cincinnati fan base, hopefully from my medical experience, I would not even put those in the same category or worry about that at all. Um, Bo Jackson's injury, drastically on a different scale from what we're seeing. Jamar Chase, at best, at worst, I should say, um, is a small labral tear, which should do well, even if you potentially need some off-season uh, surgical arthroscopy for that. Bo Jackson injury with a hip dislocation reduction, re- meaning put back into place, and developed avascular necrosis is essentially where the hip joint dies, requiring him to ultimately um, end his career needing a total hip replacement. That is the catastrophic someone pulls your hip out of socket type of situation. That's not what happened to Jamar Chase. It's not in that same category at all. So I'm not worried about that. I think Jamar's going to have a good recovery here and be back on the field safely in the next four to eight weeks in that time window and hopefully makes a good run down the stretch for us as we go into the playoffs. Let's hope so. Very informative stuff. Dr. Metzler, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me on again, guys. I really appreciate it. Dr. Metzler, thank you. That's Dr. Adam Metzler from OrthoCincy Orthopedic Urgent Care. Um, Eastgate and Edgewood locations, extended evening hours. So if you need them tonight, those locations are going to be open for you for your convenience. And those uh, locations are also open on Saturdays, which which is worth mentioning. If uh, you're a weekend warrior or if you have kids who are playing sports on Saturdays, uh, they've got uh, they've got hours on Saturdays, and uh, you do not need an appointment. You could just walk in. It's going to be better than a crowded ER, certainly cheaper than a crowded ER. You never need an appointment. Again, go to orthocincy.com. That's orthocincy.com. All right, so on the field, how do the Bengals account for Jamar Chase's absence? Paul Daner Jr. answers that question and more next. This is the RNL Carriers pregame sports talk presented by your Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Toyota dealers with you till 630 when Wayne Boxmiller has countdown to kickoff on the home of the Bengals ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. 